Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. It's the show season, with Chelsea Flower Show giving me sleepless nights. And this week, I'm joined by a man who's a very recent addition to the show circuit. He's a specialist in hostas and hemerocallis, two flowers that I'm fascinated by. From Brookfield Plants, it's Paul Harris. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast. This week we've had a busy few days. Last Friday, for example, I uh, visited the new Ascot Spring Flower Show and then went on to the RHS Flower Show at Cardiff. Uh, Down in Cardiff, there was a fantastic exhibit of Narcissus by uh, Aaron A. Scamp from Cornwall. They were exceptional. Literally hundreds of uh, different cultivars of daffodil and narcissus. Uh, and also there were, I think, about 50 or 52 wheelbarrows planted up by schools. You know, the school children obviously had a whale of a time. And I'd like to see schools actually growing in wheelbarrows. You know, if you don't have any soil in the playground, wheelbarrows are perfect moving container. Just need to make sure that there's some holes drilled in the bottom. And at Ascot... That stunning grandstand was a perfect backdrop and I think some of the show gardens there were, well, above Chelsea standard. A really good show and very uh, good logistics, getting in and out, you know, free car park, railway just by the front door. That was a great show. The Royal Horticultural Society is updating its list of deer-resistant plants Uh, The list was uh, first formed in 1980 and they're asking gardeners to log plants which uh, have been left alone by deer. Uh, You need to go to the RHS website uh, and if you look at uh, deer resistant page and enter by the 1st of May plants that the deer haven't eaten in your garden, it would be most helpful. For those of you who do have a deer problem and it's increasing, uh, I regret to admit, then delphiniums, foxgloves and rhubarb are three of the standard plants that a deer don't seem to uh, eat. Actually, at the RHS London show earlier this month, the Herbaceous Plant Committee awarded four RHS first-class certificates to double primroses in the Bellarina series. Uh, Primula bellerina buttercup, which is yellow, nectarine, which is a sort of orangey yellow, snow and valentine, which is a very rich red, can all now carry FCC, a first-class certificate after their name. I should think the Curley family, who bred them in Cambridgeshire, 
must be delighted to have their work uh, appreciated and honoured in this way. But back to the garden. Now's a good time to sow sweet corn, ideally in cell trays or pots to germinate in the warm, ready to plant out in a few weeks' time. The alternative is to sow direct, either under cloches or ground-covering fleece. And remember, we sow them in blocks, in a square, rather than single rows, because they are uh, air-pollinated. The pollen needs to blow from plant to plant to set the cobs. It's a time, too, to sow outdoor tomatoes and uh, all of the cucurbits, things like maras, courgettes, squashes. If you sow those in the next week or two, they should be up and ready to go out in the garden at the end of May, early June, before the chance of frost. Oh, and you can also plant uh, what we call dahlia pot tubers. Uh, they're the small tubers sold in pre-packs. Uh, uh, and if you plant them over the next week or two, by the time they've made root and come through, chances of night frost should have gone. Or the other way is to pot them up, and when they start to uh, produce some shoots, take a cutting from each one. You usually get two or three shoots from each tuber, uh, and root that, and then you can grow that, the cutting, on in a pot and produce your own pot tuber for next year. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, back in the 1950s, early 60s, I worked on what we called the show circuit. We had an old five-ton army lorry. Uh, we gathered together our produce, flowers mostly, and off we went staged exhibits at flower shows more than 40 in a year from Brighton to Newcastle and slept overnight on the lorry for what time there was to sleep. Uh, now one of the uh, more recent entrants to the show circuit is a very good friend of mine Mr Paul Harris 
who operates Brookfield Plants from Ashford in Kent. Paul's on the line now. Paul, how did you get into this business? Peter, I started, I've always been interested in flower shows um, and when I was at school I used to exhibit at the local flower show um, and I was madly keen on croissants and dahlias and sweet peas at that time. Um, I then had a, a career in horticulture related and a family and mortgage commitments and so I had a sort of day job. And then when I was approaching a certain age, I thought, well, no, this is not great fun and I don't need to do this and I'd be doing something more interesting so I set up Brookfield Plants and went on the show circuit. Your your story about a van is very familiar. <laughs> why, why? Surely you don't sleep in a van in this day and age, do you? Um, sometimes, yeah. Malvern is actually easier. Um, the van is right on the site um, and it's easier. There's not much accommodation about. It's convenient and cheap. I mean, I remember, you know, the tailboard going down with a wallop at six o'clock in the morning and, and stepping out onto icy grass at the Cambridge show early in May. I mean, it, <laughs> you need to be quite a tough soul to put up with it then. I hope you have slightly warmer and drier accommodation. Um, this week I have, um, but uh, Malvern, yeah, will be in the, on the showground. Um, I, think, I was thinking of Harrogate. Um, I think I'm in accommodation there, but previously I stopped in the van and it's been really quite interesting when you wake up and it's all sparkly frost. <laughs> it's a side of the showman's life that people just don't know about or hear about, isn't it? No. Yeah. Now, why did you choose Hostas and Daylilies, Hemerocallis? I mean, you mentioned all those other lovely flowers, sweet peas, chrysanthemums, dahlias. So, so why Hostas and Daylilies? I always like them. I've been a member of the society for quite a long time. Uh, they grew very, very well for me. Um, there was a demand uh, more for hostas than for dahlias, but um, yeah, dahlias I really like. At a recent show, was it two weeks ago? I mean, you had some really beautiful forced hostas. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, have you got you know state-of-the-art greenhouses and lamps and heat and things? Hardly. Um, these were around the house. These were sort of in the hallway and around the dining room table um, and all over the place just to break the dormancy. It's been such a difficult season, such a late season. And so I've been getting them to move and as soon as the shoots are up, out into the polytunnel. And then every night covering them up with fleece and uncovering them, it's been uh, been difficult. Well, I mean, it's a demanding job, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How You've do, got to how, be keen. How do your family cope then? With, with with plants up the stairs or whatever. They're tolerant. They they kind of put up with it. They, <laughs> yeah, it, it provides an income, and so um, they're kind of aware of that. But um, yeah, more than that, it's a passion, and uh, yeah, we're all involved in it. Yeah, you know, even now on our bedroom windowsill, I've got that new mulberry. Um, yeah, Charlotte. Uh, that I'm, you know, the fruit's actually set, and with a bit of luck, I'll have some ripe fruit for Chelsea. Uh, we do these crazy things, don't we? Yeah, yeah. you got to. Um, yeah. It's going the extra mile that makes the difference. Uh, um, and after the London show, that was your first one, was it? Early in April. Yeah, London show, um, London halls, difficult to get into, but it was an interesting show, and it gets me going for the season. Um, and then this week it'll be Cardiff. And you've staged those really beautiful specimens 
absolutely perfect hosta leaves, not a sign of a slug or anything, in in old galvanised containers. Are you going to use those uh, at other shows this year? I'll use some. Um, I think this week I'll do a, a mixture of galvanised and planted in with bottom leaves. Um, the galvanised containers have been very popular. It puts an idea in people's minds and um, they see that and then they think, oh, well, I can do that at home and uh, you know, take a few plants. And where did you find them? Because, I mean, you've got a baby's bath, if I remember correctly. You had buckets. You, you... All, all, all over. Um, a lot came from different auctions. My brother's partner um, goes, likes going to auctions and uh, these things turn up there. And some of the old sort of ones that got character, um, they're the best ones and, and they turn up from time to time. And do you actually grow in those containers or grow in pots and then plant them in the container? growing pots it's much better that way the plant does much better if it's in a pot the right size and then you don't need to have to punch drainage holes in these rather nice galvanized containers you don't have to most of them have rusted through oh have they <laughs> um a lot of them um but um, it, it works much better if you fill the container up with broken bits of polystyrene just as packing and plunge the pot in there and then cover it with some decorative bark or, or moss i used this week um that looks better and it works much better and it's flexible. Now, when the plant needs potting on, you can take it out, space it, give it more room, um, and some fresh compost, and it, off it goes again. Now, in the case of hostas, the, the big problem for most of us as gardeners is uh, slug damage. What do you do to keep your plants uh, so perfect? I mean, I don't remember, over the last few years, seeing a notched leaf on any of your plants at any of your exhibits. Yeah, slugs and snails are a constant battle. Um, I do use a few slug pellets, but only a small amount, um, only in enclosed areas. Um, I'm very keen on wildlife. I'm a volunteer for the Wildlife Trust throughout the winter. And so um, I do encourage wildlife, frogs, toads, slowworms. They're all living amongst these, and they're all taking the slugs and snails and, and vine weevils as well. Um, Besides that, nematodes. I do that a couple of times a year. Oh, do you? It, yeah, it's not 100%. It doesn't get them all. It doesn't get the snails. But it's quite good at knocking down the population a bit. And you need to do that when the compost temperatures are getting warm, don't you? Yeah, it's a bit early yet, particularly this season. Um, so maybe in May and then again, sort of August, September, a good time. I mean, you're not like the Prince of Wales gardeners going out with the torch at night, are you? I am, yeah. Um, yeah, I do recommend that because um, just occasionally you'll get a great big snail that's coming from somewhere or a slug that's, that's there um, and you'll see some damage. If you go out the next night, you often catch it. It'll come back to the same place and it's quite satisfying when you get the guilty party. <laughs> well, I have to admit that I do the same. Yeah. Uh, I find it's a you know, fairly effective way to find them and pick them off. Now, when it, let, let's deal with hostas first of all. Um, what are the most popular today? You know, at, uh, at the shows that you go to, London, Cardiff and Malvern, what do you expect to be uh, in demand? Uh, miniature hostas have become very popular in recent years. Um, there's a lot of varieties that have come out, and they're great for containers. People that only have a, a window box even, just a collection of miniature hostas on the shady side of the house, not, not somewhere too hot and sunny. Um, they've become very popular. Um, the other ones that are popular are the Tardiana group, which have the thick leaves, which do resist slugs. They're not slug-proof, but they're more resistant. Um, and 
they do really well with me because I've got quite a shady area and they develop a blue colour. Um, many of these varieties are derived from Halcyon, which is a famous blue hoster, and they have this beautiful blue background colour. Um, and I you normally have those on my display and, and they prove very popular. I mean, is there one called Big Daddy that has very strong leaves? Big Daddy, yeah, that's been around quite a long time. Um, any of the giants, once they get mature plants with tough leaves and leaves that are held way up above the ground, yeah, they get more resistant. And, and then if we switch on to daylilies, yep. um, I mean, do you tend to do hostas earlier in the season and then when the daylilies come into flower, concentrate on them? Yeah, um, or do you do mixed stands? Hampton Court is the time for daylilies, um, June, July. And previous years I've put on a display of, of daylilies there. And so they have their moment. Hostas is the backbone, and I still do hostas at Hampton Court, but um, I've been trying for years with daylilies at Hampton Court. It's difficult. They're not plants that are easy to show. They look lovely at home, great big pots with, covered with flowers, but you move them and you put them in a marquee and they sulk. The, the flowers don't open anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the buds are all there, ready to pop, um, and you think, no, tomorrow it's going to come open, and it doesn't, maybe it's the next day. Um, and you get to the end of the show, and the stigma has come out the end of the, the bud, and on the last day it falls off, which is really frustrating. Uh, and is that just strength of light, then? It's light, yeah. They've got to have the right light conditions. So should you be outside with them, really? Um, yes, they do better outside, although I've tried um, holding all the plants outside on the bank at Hampton Court in the sun and then running in with them at the last minute just before the judges. <laughs> Um, and that wasn't entirely satisfactory. And I have done them in the outside plots, but there's just something about dahlias, they just don't like moving. Some varieties are better than others, but um, yeah, they are a little bit temperamental. Oh, at, at a flower show, at home, they're the easiest thing to grow possible. You put them in, they make a big clump. They're pretty much free from pest disease, apart from the, uh, the um, gormage, which has recently occurred. Um, but generally they're, they're pest and disease resi resistant and they grow very easily. And, and, when, and when do you sort of divide them? Or, uh, or would you, if, if I was to buy some from you, for example, at Hampton Court, plant them in my garden, they'd be fine for two or three years, wouldn't they? Form a really big clump. Do I need to divide them? Um, they can go for quite a lot of years before they need dividing, but eventually you get a clump that's congested. Alternatively, if you just want to make more, just lift it, um, if you can separate the shoots, cut between the shoots, or worst case, put a spade between the shoots, um, and then just plant out the pieces. It's very easy. You can do it any time. Um, perhaps the best time will be just after flowering, you know, maybe August, September time. Oh, really? If you do it then and plant them back in the, the garden, they make new roots before the winter, and so you'll have a nice established clump following year yeah then they'd flower and wouldn't look as if they'd been moved wouldn't they yeah, yeah. Quite. well can you give us a few good varieties for the average home gardener and what about size i mean are the big and small ones of uh, hemerocallus the same as hostas yeah there's a huge range there's there are miniature varieties which only grow sort of about a foot tall which have flowers you know, two three inches across and some of those are repeat flowering some of the big ones are repeat flowering as well um and then you go through to the great big ones, which might be 10 inches across, um, spectacular flowers. Um, those are the ones that I like. 
Well, give us two or three that, um, would, that would make a good clump in the average small garden. Ruby spider is one of my favourites, very reliable, big flowers, sort of burgundy red. All-American chief, that stands out, that's bright red. Maybe I've got a thing for red. Um, Chicago sunrise has been around a long time, very reliable variety. Um, yeah, bulk up quite quickly, it does really well. There's a whole range of colours, there's some pink ones, um, pinky purple, um, all sorts of colours. Uh, and if uh, people listening now want to see some of these, uh, do you have pictures of them on a website? Yeah, I've got my website. It's brookfieldplants.co.uk, and there's pictures there. And so we could go through and find Ruby Spider or American Chief or whatever? Yeah, certainly they're on the web. And so can you give us some idea of your show season? You know, you started in early April. Where are you going and how long are you going? Will you be at Harrogate Spring Show? Yes, Harrogate's a really good show. Um, I think they're catching up a little bit. We've got a bit of sun at the moment. Um, so Harrogate, there'll be some, hopefully there'll be some more plants which are coming up. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoy Harrogate. Um, and then after that, it's Malvern, one of the biggest shows of the year. And then Chelsea, which is very prestigious and always try to do a good display there. And will you be actually selling some plants at Chelsea? Because uh, some exhibitors do start to sell plants now, don't they? Yeah, the rules are changing. Previously, we couldn't sell plants. And then recent years, I could sell dormant roots. It was bulk tubers or corms. And I made the argument that hosta was a rhizome. Um, but now we can start <laughs> to sell small plants. But the problem with Chelsea is that there's not a lot of space. And so it's difficult to store stock and also um, to display it and sell it. Yeah, I will have some plants of sale at Chelsea. And the access to Chelsea this year is going to be even more difficult, they tell me. Those yeah. of us who live to the east, we won't be able to turn right onto the showground. I can't imagine what's going to happen there in, in the build-up week. I saw that when I was coming along on the bus. Um, and I thought, oh, I hope they um, finish the roadworks before Chelsea. And then we just got the message to say that, no, you can only approach it from the west. So that will be interesting. Now, Paul, you're very much a one-man band, and I remember seeing you at Hyde Hall where you had problem with your back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you work for yourself as a, a small specialist nursery, you have to stay healthy, don't you? Yeah, it is a worry. Um, and, yeah, I did have a, quite a serious problem with my back, which put me out at the end of one season. Um, I've got over it, but I've got to be pretty careful. Um, and so I'm moving smaller things more often. Than, also, I've, I've put all my plants up on benches at home now, so that's, uh, that saves. But, um, yeah, building the displays at the shows really is hard work, and it does take it out on your back. Yeah. Well, I can understand why you use the polystyrene granules within the galvanised containers, because that will reduce late weight considerably, won't it? Yeah, anything to reduce weight. Yeah. Also carrying the stuff around on the van, there's, there's limits as to what you can put on the van. Paul? Look forward to seeing you on the show circuit. Let's hope we have some nice sunny days and really busy good shows. Hope so. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. What's on this week? Well, for those of you up near Newark, there's the Newark Garden Show on the 20th to the 22nd. And then, uh, as Paul just told us, there's the Harrogate Spring Show from the 26th to the 29th. Oh, and on my gardening gag tailpiece, I have to say that Graham Clark has a gardener's 
miscellany each week in amateur gardening. Uh, he's the gardening king of trivia and brain teasers, I'm told, and I find his column very interesting. Uh, I, I'd like to just uh, nick uh, a, a quick gag from one of his recent pages, and it's the world's best potato joke. Football broadcaster John Motson thought he would marry into potato royalty by proposing to the Duchess of York Potato. But her father, the King Edward Potato, told her the marriage could not go ahead. Motson, he said, is a mere commentator. Thanks again to our sponsor, Sutton Seeds of Torquay, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.